Welcome back to Podcast 75 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers and follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by The Season. For the best sports contest in all of the land, check out www.thesn.com slash OB and play for thousands of dollars with people all over the world. If you'd like to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop and become a member. Pick any of our winning cappers to get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. College football week seven is in the books. NFL week six is almost in the books pending Monday night football a little bit of a down week for me. I'm a little down in college football and the NFL. Was able to at least hit on that Giants game at night. Lost a teaser based upon just terrible play from Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn that day, but, you know, kind of coasting in. Still happy about our 10 and one now with our TikTok props. I finally lost one on Thursday, taking Mahomes passing yards under i guess even a pretty windy day mahomes can dart that ball over to kelsey so my handicap was definitely wrong on that and the fact that they had the ball for over 35 minutes of that game certainly uh help didn't help me at all either you know they uh could have ran the ball the whole game if they wanted but you know mahomes is mahomes they have great passing plays they had a lot of just kind of like stuff to the flat stuff to pacheco just quick crossing routes. I feel I felt like the deeper passes that were more successful were all to Kelsey, but there was just a great number of them. He threw the ball a ton of times. I just was kind of surprised that uh, he even needed to do that. But when Denver can't even get a first down, you know, the time of possession is always going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, three and out of the 20-yard line punt just gives Kansas City more and more yards to uh, get to the touchdown. And unfortunately... Kansas City didn't completely put them away early enough, which made that go over. But we have a nice play for TikTok props tonight, hoping to hit it. And there is a lot going on this week because, man, there's a massive weekend in sports. We have college football, of course, but we have UFC 294. Now, you know me as a big UFC fan, but the matchups in this event are absolutely sick. You have Kamzat Chimaev against Kamaro Usman, the former champion, who was beating everybody in the middleweight class. And then you have Magomed Ankalaev versus Johnny Walker, which should be an amazing match. And then the main event, you have Islam Makachev running it back with Volkanovski, the guy that came closest to beat him in years, you know? I mean, years. This is going to be a wonderful event. We're not going to talk much about it today, but I'm going to hit on it definitely later in this week with a guest or two. 
and I'm just super excited for this event. And uh, Islam's a pretty big favorite for how well Volk fought against him last time. So we're going to be taking a d deep dive into this fight. And as you know, I've always bet on Islam since he was, you know, just kind of coming in through the UFC, not even close to mainstream yet. But man, at this point, I'm starting to think the other side, but we'll see what happens when I take a deep dive into this fight. But there's just a ton of great matchups on this card, and I can't wait to get to them. But you also have some pretty big college football matchups for the weekend. We have Duke at Florida State, uh, Miami hosting Clemson, and of course, Ohio State versus Penn State. That's going to be fun. Tennessee versus Alabama. Washington State at Oregon's pretty sweet. Yeah, there's going to be some big matchups this week, so I'm very excited for college football as well. Utah-USC uh, later at night, it looks like, so that's going to be a fun one as well. So, yeah, massive college football coming up this weekend, so we're going to definitely have three shows coming for you this week. So as a quick recap, there is some pretty big games on this weekend, obviously. USC lost to Notre Dame pretty bad. It wasn't even that much of a game in the second half, Notre Dame had a great lead on them and uh, really never looked back. So that was probably the biggest game of the weekend. The second biggest was Oregon versus Washington, and that was an amazing game. We pushed on that one with our Oregon plus three. We should have won that one if it wasn't for Danny Lanning kind of being a bonehead in some situations. Uh, uh, Alabama covers the first half. I was considering betting the Alabama first half, but it was 10.5 when the spread was 19.5. So I just just couldn't – I just didn't feel like buying the juice and getting it down to 10 and – all of a sudden, they win 24 to 21. So it's like it didn't even come close to sniffing the whole game. And Arkansas kind of held them on defense throughout the second half. That was that was pretty interesting. Uh, North Carolina took care of it. Uh, Miami, 41 to 31. It was a pretty big game. Uh, our free play from last week, Utah minus 13 and a half worked from this show, from the, the Tuesday morning show. So I'm glad that happened. Uh Tennessee took care of Texas A&M. A&M on the road just tends to screw up a lot. And Arizona upsetting Washington State 44-6. to What the hell was that? And, of course, I didn't bet Arizona again. <laughs> just literally throwing money away down the toilet, not betting them. It was 7.5, and, and I'm like, Washington State's better than that, right? And nope, they weren't last week anyway. And, uh... The team that beat my Badgers, well, let's just say my Badgers were uh, maybe that not so great of a win after what we saw last weekend, and we'll get into more of that game into the next segment. But the NFL, massive upsets in the NFL because there is no more undefeated teams. San Fran lost to Cleveland, and the Eagles lost to the Jets. Now, there's certainly lots of ulterior circumstances that led to that, to those big losses and big wins for the underdog. But uh, that's just how the NFL kind of goes. And uh, we've covered that many times. So uh, it was exciting week of football. Uh, not so great from a betting perspective because the Colts couldn't even sniff a victory or sniff covering the plus four and a half, plus five I had on them uh, when they played Jacksonville. You know, so kiss that line value goodbye. Uh the Ravens started out in covered for me, so I was I was actually quite happy about that. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons over doubled the amount of yards 
against Washington and still somehow lost that game. It's just Arthur Smith on the goal line is just absolutely terrible. And obviously Desmond Ritter, he's, he, he seems to have been struggling in the red zone as well. So they have their issues. And there are also a lot of quarterback injuries. Tannehill went out. Uh, the, the Bears lost their quarterback, Justin Fields, possibly for a couple weeks here. The Saints couldn't seem to find the end zone against the Texans. The Patriots had a really bad beat on that uh, two-point safety, but at the same time, they're about to lose that game by not scoring or at least lose his spread by crapping out in third down, and the refs called kind of a suspect uh, penalty on Crosby for roughing the passer, so they probably shouldn't have covered that spread anyway. And then uh, the Rams definitely uh, took care of the Cardinals. And, man, I just can't believe how bad the Cardinals tend to shit the bed when it comes to the second half of these last two games. It's just been absolutely unreal. And uh, I, my plus six, plus seven in the contest on the Cardinals completely got destroyed in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter as well against the Rams. So Josh Dobbs, he's he's doing everything he can. He looks like a pretty adequate quarterback, but there's just not a lot of team around him. And uh, he's still kind of fresh into the system too. It's not, not I'm not going to call him a starting NFL quarterback. I still think he's more of a backup caliber, but um, you got to make big plays, Dobbs. And I've seen your videos where you throw balls and buckets and all that, and that's all fine and dandy, but you got to make the plays in the game. You know, you're not going to win the game unless you make the big plays. And uh, Lions, same thing with Baker Mayfield, uh, took care of business very easily. But I think the Buccaneers was the sharpest side, going from plus three and a half down to plus three. All the sharp money was on the uh, Buccaneers, sharp players, and that thing didn't even sniff coming home since the start of the first half, you know, being down 10 to three in the first half and Baker Mayfield can't even move the ball against the Lions defense, which is a much improved defense, but still certainly not to where you put like the Eagles or the Browns or the 49ers, certainly not up to those levels themselves. And of course the night game bills versus giants, very close game. Uh, Giants just almost had it at the very end. Gave up two touchdowns to the Bills in the fourth quarter, but that missed pass interference after the correct pass interference call was just unexplainable. It's it's like how do you how do you do that to a team? You know, it, just because you just threw it last play doesn't mean you can't throw it again, especially when it's just as egregious. And it was just a bad overall weekend for the refs, and uh, everyone was very vocal about it on Twitter. The NFL's got to definitely do something about that. The good, the bad, and the ugly of the weekend. And starting with the good, like we always do, West Virginia versus Houston game. Now, I know I lost my bet on West Virginia minus two and a half. They're up by four with 12 seconds left. You know, that that game was wonky all over the place. Uh, Had some bad things go against them, but that's how it is for away teams, as we all know. But they called the celebration penalty on West Virginia and they were celebrating pretty hard, but the quarterback at least went to the sideline before taking his helmet off. So I couldn't quite understand that, but it put the ball at the 35 for Houston and they had 12 seconds, you know, spent about 
six, seven seconds running an out route to get to the ball to the 50th. He threw a Hail Mary, and all of a sudden, I knew exactly that my bet was toast because they caught that Hail Mary and scored a touchdown. Now, from a fan perspective, that game was freaking awesome. You know, I enjoyed watching the game. And uh, even though I lost the bet, it's always tough to do that. But you have to remember, that was just very exciting back and forth situation. Now, I also think that that penalty shouldn't have been called and they didn't call excessive celebration on the other side. So there's still issues with it. But at the same time, what an amazing finish from a fan perspective. Also good, Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State. I mean, these teams are on the top of many power ratings right now. Uh, Just team rankings as at Michigan, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, then Florida State, Uh, ESPN's FBI, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Penn State, Michigan, and then Texas. So they're kind of all over the place. And Jeff Sagarin has it, Michigan, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Penn State. So three out of the top four in most of the big named power ratings that are public out there for people to look at. I myself have... Michigan, Texas, LSU, Ohio State. So even though I'm a Big Ten fan, I don't have Penn State above Georgia because Penn State's strength of schedule hasn't quite been there yet. This game is going to tell me all I need to know about Penn State this weekend. So they have a good chance to jump all those teams and move up to possibly number two or number one uh, if they take care of business against Ohio State. So this weekend is just going to be quite amazing. Um, Another good, we have Florida's win on the road. I'm glad I didn't fade him this time on the road because my power rating said to bet Florida. I wasn't quite there yet, but it showed that they could finally win on the road, and that was against South Carolina. It's just that it's more about South Carolina being so bad. Why I had Florida winning that game, but they ended up winning and covering the spread. Uh, Bowling Green. Uh, they're kind of quietly improving from the Mac side of things. So uh, I just thought that they had a nice win last week. And uh, Bowling Green is just kind of rolling a little bit under the table. Uh, UNLV, how about them being 6-0 and against the spread? What's up with UNLV this weekend? You know, I've been ignoring them too much. I don't think I have one bet on UNLV. Jeff Sagarin has them number 86. Not like they're a great team, but geez, certainly are underlooked this thus far and probably too late to jump on them now if you're just gonna bet on them thinking that they still have some value uh another good pits pittsburgh doing what's right for sharp betters you know we're all over pittsburgh plus eight plus seven and a half and they ended up beating louisville in their letdown spot against Pitt this weekend because they just came off the notre dame win isn't that how it's supposed to happen bet the team in the get up spot fade the team in the letdown spot Pittsburgh coming off the bye, switching quarterbacks. This is exactly how it should happen. I'm sure that they had some luck go their way, but they ended up winning that game outright. So congrats to Pitt. That was a hell of a money line sprinkle as well. Next is Notre Dame and their handicap against USC. It completely came to fruition like it's supposed to. They ran the ball well. USC could not stop the run. And Notre Dame just kind of just held the possession, tired out their defense, dinked and dunked, and forced a ton of turnovers. So uh, I'm glad that handicap came through for us. Another good, Georgia State. I mean, they took care of business against Marshall last week. How far can the Panthers go here? 
you know, very excited to see if they can win that East. Next, we have Missouri's comeback against Kentucky. That was good. They're down, came completely back at Kentucky and won that game outright. I got to say, Brady Cook is a baller, man, a baller there. And he is impressing me more and more every single week. And finally, another good is Zach Wilson. He didn't do anything to screw up that play against the Eagles this weekend. You know, he did a great job just managing the game, and that's all it took because he let the Eagles make the mistakes, him not turn over the ball, and that was enough to win. So he's kind of figuring things out a little bit and just being a good game manager. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers can come back for the playoffs if this, these Jets can make the playoffs. That's going to be one heck of an interesting team uh, for this season. God, I, I wonder if he improves even more. Do they take him out for Aaron Rodgers? That's another massive question that you have to ask yourself. Now for the bad. Amazon. My God, I cannot watch a football game on Amazon. You can't change the channel. It's forced commercials. This is my fear that everything's going to be streaming and not easy to switch from back and forth. And you're just going to kind of be forced to watch these commercials. Um, please make a college football red zone where I can just watch the scoring plays of many teams all across the board. I think that that should happen at least for via conference. You'll have a Big Ten red zone, a, uh, an SEC red zone or something like that. Probably more money to spend and it's probably going to cost you money. But so is so is this situation where these streaming services start taking over anyway. Right. But man, it's a terrible product right now. And I watched the college game and the baseball game a lot quicker than I did for uh, this situation. And speaking of baseball, another bad is the top teams losing all the top seeds lost in baseball. And is it bad? I mean, I'm usually an underdog guy, but I mean, giving them five days off, having them play a five game series in baseball, just best of three. That doesn't tell you who's good. I mean, and I've always been like this. Why play 162 games to put them in this situation? I mean, should it, in theory, the 162 games be the championship kind of itself? I mean, I don't want that. I love baseball playoffs, but um, I understand it's the national pastime. It's always been like this, even though it's too many logically. I still wouldn't change that, but I would certainly change the format. If you're going to make teams play 162 games to figure out who's the best, you need less playoff teams or just a better situation for the top seeds. They got screwed over, in my opinion. Baseball is a weird game. It's not always who the, who's the best team that wins. It's the luck of where the ball goes once you hit that ball. You know, you can't control exactly if the ball is going to go over the shortstop or into the gap or into somebody's glove. You know, just makes no sense that they did it that way. So, Rob Manfred, geez, figure this thing out. Uh, Indiana, holy cow, they're a bad team. In the Big Ten, I have them down quite low, probably in UNLV territory. Uh, Temple losing to North Texas by 31 points was bad, very bad. Uh, Braden Allen going out for Wisconsin in the first half, just 
kind of screwed that up and uh they couldn't really run the ball well and they tried to pass the ball too much when while Iowa out big 10 them played the field position game everything I said about this handicap came true I don't know why I didn't bet Iowa well I I suspected that Wisconsin could you know possibly put the punch on them and just keep going but it didn't happen so they lost that game outright and obviously the next section I have the bad news on that game the Pac-12 they were bad this weekend because either Oregon or Washington A had to lose and then you had USC getting dominated so you know they're your SEC pundits now they're they're going to take a one loss SEC team higher than a one loss Pac-12 team just because that's the way it is that's how these voters are that's the side of the country they're from they're very biased so can't wait till the 12 game playoff uh Michigan State's timeouts uh if you bet on Rutgers such as myself uh they completely blew those timeouts and used two of them way early and then Rutgers got another first down it's like wait till like two minutes left and start using them and then Rutgers just had to take knees they could have kicked a field goal if you used it correctly, but they didn't. And the spread was absolutely screwed for us. And the uh, chance of winning was screwed for Michigan State. Another bad, Cam Rising's injury. Man, I, I don't think this kid's going to come back. I, I don't know if we guys got the wrong information from Whittingham or if they're being forthright with us or not. You know, But, geez, I thought he was going to be back this game. But, thank goodness, Utah cover the spread at home anyway uh maryland losing to illinois holy cow is that bad you lose to ohio state it's not understandable the week before but then you have a stinker the very next week at home against illinois holy cow that is not good for your program uh byu and cincy they are terrible teams in the big 12 and they look like they don't belong yet so hopefully they can figure some stuff off along the way, but they got absolutely blown out this last weekend. Uh, another bad Justin Fields thumb injury um, went dislocated. He popped it back. We'll just have to check on the swelling to see how long he's going to be out, but he's going to miss some time this week and maybe the game this week and could be out longer than that. And then another bad Baker Mayfield after the bye. I mean, I feel like he got complacent again. You know, he competes really hard to win the starting job of that Tampa Bay Bucks and does pretty well the first two or three games, but he then just turns back into Baker Mayfield. Couldn't even hit the broadside of a barn, like I said earlier. Couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. That was just terrible play. Now for the ugly. I mean, the PI in targeting, not just in the NFL, but also in college, has just gotten absolutely egregious. It's so all over the board. They call targeting when the guy's head is slightly down on some plays if they feel, and then they don't call him on most of them. I, I just, most tackles, the guy's kind of going there, lowering his shoulder, and his head will hit him first. It's just, it, there's no explanation for it. How can you call that one targeting and that not? It's just, it's literally screwing up this game. And the officials had the worst weekend probably of the year in total combined sports because the NFL is absolutely still going nuts and people are calling it rigged. I mean, don't you want to clean up your sports some and get these officials correct so they stop influencing the game? Please, NFL, 
be the leader here. And maybe that filters down into college football like the rest of your all your rule changes have in the past. Uh, you also have Colorado's choke versus Stanford. Holy cow, is that ugly? 29 unanswered points. Or you're up 29 to nothing and you end up losing in overtime. Oh my God, that was one of the biggest chokes of all time. Uh, Oregon's finish to the game was extremely bad and ugly with Danny Lanning. Now, I agree with like at the end, kind of going forward on fourth, but in, in the middle of the field, but not earlier when you could have just took points in the fourth quarter or, or the second quarter and laid like left like six points on the board, just minimum from all those boneheaded plays. Man, Danny Lanning, that was some ugly coaching right there. Um, Badger backup quarterback, Braden Locke, was lost out there, absolutely lost. And, man, if if he doesn't get fixed, this Badger team is really going to suffer. And right now their they're spread dropped like a rock down to two and a half at Illinois. The P.I. called on the wrong player twice. I guess I already beat up the officials enough, but Bill Vinovich did that in the Ravens versus versus the Titans game. Kind of looked like he wanted a closer game. Bruins quarterback Dante Moore was terrible. Throwing that pick six, three picks in that game, that screwed up my under. I had under 55 and a half. I had to re-give it out because it dropped like a rock once I hit it. And all of a sudden, uh, this game was going over due to the pick six that happened in the first half. And it only went over by like six points too. So it was very legit what happened there. And it was UCLA's quarterback, the young freshman, screwing up on the road again. Garner Minshew, man, was he bad yesterday. It wasn't just him. It was Desmond Ritter on the goal line. Like I said before about Baker Mayfield, Garner Minshew, uh, the Bears quarterbacks. There's just some terrible quarterback play in the NFL. Tannehill looked bad. Why has quarterback play gotten so bad? I, I don't know. I think they're just trying to do too much or or just uh, maybe they switch teams too often. I don't know. But it, it's just been bad so far in the NFL. And uh, you wonder why that is with all the P.I. that's called lately. Next is the Browns call for unnecessary roughness. He didn't even make it targeting so he could review it. It was the most, the guy did everything right. He moved his head to the right. He went up and just kind of bumped him instead of like, you know, charged him. And he, Hussey throws the penalty. And the mo, one of the most home team type refs, Hussey, if you look at his ATS, it's like in the high 50s, low 60s for at home. My God, what was that? It was literally the game changer for the Niners and the momentum switched and they missed their own field goal to win. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. He was messing up penalties on both sides throughout the whole game, but this is just absolutely ridiculous. And some very respectable sports bettors were tweeting about it, uh, as well as a few analysts out there. J.J. Watt tweeted about it. He also tweeted about an unnecessary roughness call against uh, uh, hitting the Bills quarterback. It's just massively out of hand as i mentioned and uh another ugly was the an analytics lately the analytics had buffalo blowing out the giants the analytics had san fran blowing out a quarterbackless buff uh cleveland browns team and the analytics had the eagles winning by a minimum of seven points and it's just been bad for analytics 
this whole NFL season. And you can kind of see that with some of the people that are very metric driven. They've been losing so far this year. I'm a little bit of both. And thank goodness we're holding water here in the NFL compared to many other people. And finally, maybe the most ugly thing of the weekend was the Wisconsin Badgers, how they lost that game. And I know they lost their quarterback, but geez, you're the one that's supposed to be pounding the ball. You're supposed to be running back you. Iowa only passed for like 37 passing yards that whole game. And this is what you show us. This is what you do in a Big Ten game, Phil Longo. Try to throw the ball in 30-mile-per-hour winds. You absolutely deserved to lose that game. You know what you are! Just a day, son of a All right, now it's time for some college football week seven misleading final scores and key injuries. And holy cow, there is a ton of them. So prepare yourself. Louisiana Tech outgained Middle Tennessee State 419 to 353, yet lost 31 to 23, a 1 to 0 turnover ratio and poor red zone hurt the Bulldogs. And by the way, I send this article out on Wednesday. Uh, every single Wednesday in case you missed some of this. West Virginia outgained Houston 546 to 393 yet lost 41 to 39. A Hail Mary, a 1 to 0 turnover ratio and some bad penalties got them. SMU only outgained East Carolina 334 to 290 yet won 31 to 10. A 2 to 0 turnover ratio and bad red zone play got the Pirates. Utah State outgained Fresno State 568 to 461 yet lost 37 to 32 a 2 to 0 turnover ratio and eight penalties hurt the Aggies. I pushed that one. Hopefully you guys got it at five and a half. Uh, Rutgers outgained Michigan State more than 295 to 245 yet only one by three and it was more than that because they took three 10-yard knees at the end of the game so there was more of a discrepancy right there in that Rutgers game. Uh, Georgia Southern was only outgained 384 to 368, yet lost 41 to 12. A 3 to 0 turnover ratio and very poor red zone killed the Eagles on both ends of the ball. Wisconsin outgained Iowa, blah, 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 blah. This happens every single freaking Iowa game. I'm so sick of it, but the Badgers lost their quarterback to injury and they lost their running back most of that first half, too. So he came back. But then the quarterback goes out. What are you going to do? Navy versus Charlotte both had 265 yards. That Navy won 14 to zip, a 3 to 0 turnover ratio, and horrible red zone execution killed the 49ers. Uh, Maryland outgained Illinois 380 to 337, yet lost 27 to 24. Poor red zone defense hurt the Terps. Oregon outgained Washington 541 to 415, yet lost 36 to 33. They won the turnover margin, but just. Poor, weird coaching by Danny Lanning, as well as bad red zone, killed the Ducks. Louisville outgained Pittsburgh 444 to 288 at loss, 38 to 21, a 3 to 0 turnover ratio, including a pick six, got them bad. Texas Tech outgained Kansas State 480 to 435, yet lost 38 to 21, a 3 to 0 turnover ratio, hurt them as well as a quarterback injury. Texas State outgained Louisiana Monroe 452 to 285 yet lost 21 to 20, a 1 to 0 turnover ratio and horrible red zone on offense. Got the spread for the Bobcats. Uh USC outgained Notre Dame 
But many of the yards were garbage time. I mean, the five turnovers is the thing that killed the Trojans. So not going to adjust too much for them outgaining Notre Dame. This was still USC going down in the power rings and Notre Dame going up. UCLA outgained Oregon State 450 to 415, yet lost 36 to 24. Three to one zero or three to, yep, one turnover ratio, including a pick six. Killed the Bruins and the under. Uh, UAB outgained UTSA 364 to 360, yet lost 41 to 20, a three to one turnover ratio and 11 penalties. Got the Blazers. All right, some key injuries. Uh, quarterback Baron Morton from Texas Tech hurt his shoulder and left the game. He's highly questionable for this week. Quarterback Tanner Mordecai from Wisconsin hurt his hand and had to leave the game in the second quarter. He had surgery on his hand. He's out for a while. I would actually guess until bowl season is when he's out. Quarterback Ty Lavatai from Navy left the game with a shoulder injury. Got to monitor that. Wide receiver Kobe Paysauer from North Carolina out with an injured foot for a while at least. Uh, running back Durrell Robinson from Charlotte like, uh, likely out for the season. Tight end Brock Bowers from Georgia sprained his ankle and is out four to six weeks. I wrote week to week, but I just got an update. So I'm going to change that to four to six weeks. And quarterback EJ Warner from Temple had a concussion. So he'll have to be monitored if you care about Temple. Let down spots from college football. Iowa hosting Minnesota after upsetting Wisconsin is a letdown spot. Pitt at Wake Forest after beating Louisville is a letdown spot. Missouri hosting South Carolina after beating Kentucky is one. Uh, Washington hosting ASU after beating Oregon is one for sure. Stanford hosting UCLA after beating Colorado on a huge comeback is one as well. Get up spots. Michigan State hosting Michigan is their last chance to do something. Miami hosting Clemson after two L's in a row is a get up spot. USC hosting Utah after being embarrassed is one. And UCLA can get it right versus Stanford. Wisconsin at Illinois is a must get up as well. Look ahead spots. The only one I have is Pitt looking past Wake Forest to Notre Dame. So they're kind of in a sandwich spot here after finally getting that big win. Let's go to NFL. Week six, misleading final scores. The Bears outgained the Vikings 275 to 220, yet lost 19 to 13. A three to one turnover ratio and poor quarterback play hurt the Bears. The Falcons outgained the Commies 402 to 193. Yet lost 24 to 16, a 3 to 0 turnover ratio, bad quarterback play, and horrible red zone coaching and execution. Got the dirty birds. The Seahawks outgained the Bengals 381 to 214, yet lost 17 to 13, a 2 to 1 turnover ratio, and bad fourth down efficiency. Got the quacks. Uh, the Colts outgained the Jaguars 354 to 233, yet lost 37 to 20. Some of those yards were garbage, but Garner Minshew threw three picks and lost a fumble to destroy the ponies the saints outgained the texans 430 to 297 yet lost 20 to 13 a two to one turnover ratio and poor field position and special teams hurt the saints also 0 for 2 and fourth down conversions as well and the rams outgained the cardinals 382 to 345 that's not much and 126 to 9 so it's kind of misleading for the Cardinals side. A 2-to-1 turnover ratio 
helped and bad red zone offense hurt the Cardinals and the Eagles outgained the Jets 348 to 244 yet lost 20 to 14 a 4 to 0 turnover ratio got them bad NFL week 7 betting spots letdown spots Browns at Colts after beating the 49ers is one the Raiders at the Bears after beating their old coach Bill Belichick is certainly a letdown spot so those are the two I have get up spots Giants better get up versus the commies after a horrible loss in Buffalo, very close game. Patriots better get up to face the Bills after that bad loss last week. Eagles might have some fury versus the Dolphins this week, and the 49ers might take out the Vikings this week. Look-ahead spots. Raiders might look past the Bears to the Lions, so this could be a sandwich spot for the Raiders. All right, my friends, now it's time for your college football week seven Actually, sorry, week eight, free play. And we're going to go right to BYU. You are getting four and a half points with BYU. Now, they're not a great team, but Texas Tech hasn't proven to be a good road team. They lost flat out at Wyoming here. And now they're going to go to Boise State and lay four and a half points with their quarterback hurt. You have to remember that this quarterback may not be playing, and that's their second quarterback because they lost Tyler Shook this year. BYU's offense isn't so good. As a matter of fact, they only rank 132nd in rushing success rate, 91st in offensive passing success rate. But Texas Tech, without their quarterback, hasn't been able to do much either. They're only a .4 net yards per play for Texas Tech, and that's also including teams that they played in the non-conference like Tarleton State in Wyoming. We'll give them a pass for Oregon. They actually played Oregon pretty well at home, but whenever Texas Tech went on the road at West Virginia, don't cover, lose by six points. At Baylor is the one that they finally won with the quarterback, but Baylor's just been an absolute train wreck this year themselves, losing by double digits to Texas State and to Texas if BYU does one thing right it is at least that they can stop the run somewhat they only allow 39th in defensive rushing success rate stopping them at about 4.47 yards per carry well that's the only way Texas Tech is going to be able to move the ball and being that they don't have a quarterback I'm pretty sure that BYU is going to be stacking the box the absolute kicker here is that this is a late afternoon, 4 p.m. Pacific kickoff, which means night game coming in here towards the second half of this game. And BYU really likes to light it up at night. This is too many points for a quarterback-less team. Uh, BYU already proved that they can play with the big boys by beating Arkansas, as well as a nice win against Cincinnati at home. Take BYU plus the four and a half for two stars. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. All right, my friends. Now it's time for a little fantasy football week seven with our guy, D-Nasty. All right, it's time for some fantasy football week seven. Looks like the Cowboys game just ended. I just got home from baseball practice. Dave, how are you doing? Pretty good. I just got home from football. Last My son's last football game, so same here. But I did follow up on the game. Dallas eked out to win here. Chargers looked good, though. They both – it's a good game, actually. Yeah, I was following along, too. I hit my prop over – Pollard over the uh, – it took, like, until the third or fourth quarter. I was coaching after the first quarter. I, I was able to watch the first probably 
almost the first half in the United coach, but uh, uh, it looks like he got like 80 yards or something, so that was pretty good. Um, yeah, seven targets, six receptions, and 80 yards. It must have been that last reception, so that was good. Uh, Pollard, I knew he'd have to have a big game, but it looks like he broke one to uh, help secure the win there, so good for them. Um, the uh, bye weeks are really rolling in, aren't they? Six teams on by this week, so definitely listen up right now because there's going to be a lot of people on by this week that you're going to be missing. Uh, some teams more than others, of course, uh, but we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys, who just won tonight, actually. They're going to be on by next week. So uh, Tony Pollard, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, possibly. Uh, probably no one's really starting Jake Ferguson, probably. Maybe less you had a bye week fill-in or something. But those are going to be the big names for Dallas Cowboys, of course. Uh, Houston Texans, who actually have been surprising people lately. Uh, they've had some – they've been actually looking very, very good. Uh, C.J. Stroud has been, I think, the pick of the draft right now over Bryce Young. Uh, but he he will be on bye, so you get him out of your lineups. Tank Dell will be on bye. Uh, Collins will be on bye as well. The others – receiver that's looking good for them their other young receiver nick collins uh and then damian pierce possibly devin singletary so those are going to be running backs for them but those are the ones texas you want to get on by the jets borderline zach wilson you're probably not starting him uh garrett wilson though you're definitely starting him uh those and then definitely Brees hall delvin cook probably not you're probably not starting him either but Brees hall is the big one out of that bunch i think for the new york jets uh definitely him on your bench Tennessee Titans, uh, we'll talk about the injuries here, but uh, quarterback, you're probably not really staying Ryan Tannehill, but especially now that he may be injured, but we'll get into that in a little bit. DeAndre Hopkins, borderline maybe. Derrick Henry, definitely. Derrick Henry's the big one on the Titans that you definitely got. He's, he's the top 10 running back, so definitely get him out of your lineups. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, a lot of people on the Bengals that you're going to have to go to your lineups. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Mixon. So, yeah, definitely quite a few there. Uh, you're not starting any tight ends from the Bengals, so I'm not even going to go into those. Uh, Carolina Panthers, actually, they've been actually surprising. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, uh, Michael Sa- Sanders, uh, and then Bryce Young, actually. And then, actually, uh, the receivers there haven't been too bad. Actually, Adam Thielen has a, been a fantasy stud and surprise this year. So, uh, you will be missing him uh, mightily this week. Yep, there you go. The lots of fantasy impacts here so lots to choose from coming up this week but there are certainly some injuries dave and i'll get started with that uh running back damian harris will be out a while with the neck injury uh that would look pretty serious and the buffalo ambulance came in yeah. gave you a little deja oh, man, you, they had the worst luck with players <laughs> well deja- ambulance under the field and on, a, on a night game too again deja vu almost but it, the, no one died and then came back to life at least <laughs> jeez <laughs> Quarterback, yeah, laugh at that, yeah, it's just crazy. No doubt. Quarterback Justin Fields, dislocated figure. Day to day or week to week, we don't know. I would I would be shocked if he came and played. Maybe, you know, that the swelling can go down. I've seen Delphore enough for this week. So he's probably he's probably for sure out this week. And then after I've that, had dislocated fingers come back after the swelling. It just I don't know. Um I'm gonna say no, but I would say that you know, he should be back in a, in two weeks then, you know. And uh it's not too bad, but I'm I'm really curious to see if this young kid's got any got any gumption. So you know I, he came in and did a little bit of good, and then did some bad. But we'll see what happens. He's on the waiver wire, of course. 
Uh, David Montgomery hurt his ribs and will most likely miss this week. So that was a big one. Uh, A quiet one is Kyron Williams for the Rams. He went out and will miss next week due to a sprained ankle. Uh, Kareem Hunt had a big game versus the 49ers. Actually, he's not injured. He's in my waiver wire. I put him in the wrong spot. Trevor Lawrence injured his knee but should be okay day-to-day. Jimmy Garoppolo hurt his back and was ruled out, and he might miss next game. And so it would be backup versus backup with the Raiders versus the Bears. So if you can think of any worse game, then uh, now you have backup versus the backup. Um, Christian McCaffrey, he hurt his oblique, and he could miss a week or so from what that's, I'm hearing too. That's a big one. That could even be more like in baseball. They can miss up like four to six weeks if it's a serious one. So that, that's an injury to watch, definitely. That, that could be could be a week injury or it could be four to six weeks. It just depends on how bad it is. And they'll be quiet about that too. You know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, they'll definitely. probably make them questionable every week. One of those annoying ones. Uh, Debo Samuel hurt his shoulder and might miss some time too from the same team. Uh, quarterback Ryan Tannehill hurt his ankle, but at least they have a bye week this week. And, uh, I think that's all I have, Dave. Anything else? No, you know, all, all the main ones. There's a lot of IDP guys, but I'm not going to get into those, but there's a lot of key IDP guys that were knocked out this week as well. Uh, I'll just go, I'll just name a, a, t- a couple of the top ones, actually. Tyson Campbell from the Jaguars. Uh, and then we got Eddie Jackson from the Bears. Frankie Levu uh, from the Panthers. He's a stud linebacker. Uh, and then Marcus Williams, actually safety for the Ravens. So, and then, Anthony Hamilton, he's not as this top of a guy, but but those are, those are some big names actually that got hurt this week as well. So a lot of injuries this week on the injury front. So and then Baker Mayfield actually too had a contusion on his left hand. Uh, I don't see him missing any time either. But we definitely got to keep an eye on the Ryan Tannenhill and Christian McCaffrey injuries. I think those could be uh, more than a, more than a several weeks actually, or more than a one week injury for those possibly. Yeah, for sure. Why don't you get in the waiver wire? Sounds good. Uh, waiver wire, Sam Howell. I know we talked about him previously, uh, but this guy just keeps putting up numbers. Uh, I like this guy. He's still not over 50% owned in a lot of leagues. So if he's still out there, definitely pick him up. Uh, he had three touchdowns this past week and zero interceptions. Uh, this guy just keeps playing better and better. Uh, he's already got, for the season, he's 145 for 214 attempts. He's at almost 70%. 1,500 yards, nine touchdowns, and only six interceptions. And he, he gets a little rushing to him, too. So uh, I think he's a lot better than a lot of the other quarterbacks out there right now. Big guys that we're going to be talking about, though, right now, Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason. That McCaffrey injury is scary. Uh, the bleaks, they, they could be anywhere from a week to four weeks to six weeks. So we don't really know more on that. We'll find out more tomorrow. But I'd be shocked uh, if Elijah have- Mitchell's available in your league. But if he is, you got to grab him. Yeah, definitely. It would be a massive, massive issue if somebody left him on the waivers and not handcuff CMC because I have CMC in the league and I can't even handcuff him because Mitchell's gone, you know? Yeah, so, but if he is out there, definitely grab him. Uh, He's available in a few of my other leagues, I know, so definitely grab him. Raskon Johnson, he didn't play this past week. Deontay Foreman was the guy who led the way. So if he's still out there, grab him. If if Johnson's still out there, definitely grab him because he should be back this week. He had a concussion last week, so... Uh, he will be back. Uh, for the David Montgomery injury, definitely Craig Reynolds. Uh, he actually looked pretty good last week. I was watching this game last week, and actually Craig Reynolds actually looked pretty solid. So uh, he'd be a very nice bye week fill in if you can get him. And I'd spend a good chunk of your free agent budget on him if, if you do need a running back this week or for the next couple weeks even maybe. We'll see how the injury for David Montgomery holds up. Uh, Latavius Murray for the Bills. He's going to be the fill in for Damian Harris. Uh, the, the running game is just in shambles right now for the Bills. Uh, 
James Cook doesn't look that good right now. They're, they're just the line is not blocking for him. Uh, but the guy that he was talking about, Kareem Hunt, uh, he looked really good this week. I think he's starting to get a little healthy. He's getting his like legs back underneath him. Uh, he could be a guy that could going forward could put up some nice fantasy points for you. Uh, he actually, him and Jerome Ford, pretty evenly split carries this past week. Jerome Ford still got a few more carries, but uh, Kareem Hunt is definitely going to get the receiving yards. Uh, the other guy, too, Rasheed Rice, we talked about him briefly the last couple weeks, but uh, he keeps performing as well. So then another, definitely another guy. And Musgrave, Luke Musgrave for the Packers. Uh, he was injured last week and then had a bye, but uh, he's actually running a route of 67% of the time the team has dropped back pass so uh, and he's kind of like one of love's main go-to people right now on the safety valve so if he's out there after waivers after their bye week someone maybe dropped him definitely like picking him up if you need someone to fill in for tight end this week yeah no doubt no i like it uh i have a few more i have juan jennings for the debo samuel injury i think that could be an interesting pickup rashid shaheed from the saints man he uh, was awesome last week. I don't know how, but yeah. um, he's just a speculative pickup, you know, at least right now. But he's a Jira guy, guy, though. He's he's a he's inconsistent. He's gonna have a he's a big game or no game at all kind. He'll have like just a couple catches for nothing, or he'll have one big huge yard gain and then like a touchdown maybe. So uh, he's hard to judge every week, though. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Wandale Robinson, in case he's still in your waivers, he's still only thirty six percent of Yahoo leagues. He's the number one guy for. The Giants, and he's getting a lot of play, so I, I I like him. But I also like Kendrick Bourne. You know, I mean, there's not a lot to do with the Patriots, but they're always having to chase points, and they're always having to throw to receivers. So Kendrick Bourne, just because they catches this week, Kendrick too, he had ten catches this week, which is pretty nice, and 11, yeah, 11 targets, yeah, too, totally. Kendrick Bourne is looking pretty good to me if you need receiver help. Uh, Aiden O'Connell for the Raiders could be a streamer this week, and just like Tyson Badgett for the bears and the fields injury is a streamer this week. And uh, the Raiders defense isn't that good. They, they, they cover deep, but they leave a lot of uh, openings, you know, in the middle, in the seams. And then obviously the dink and dunk stuff, they allow that. So maybe you can get some good, uh, you know, yards from that. Craig Reynolds should be huge for the lions for Montgomery's injury. If Gibbs isn't even completely healthy too, because you know, Gibbs, has been uh, hurt himself. So, you know, maybe Craig Reynolds is the guy this week. We'll see. And the, the Detroit's offense, ooh, that's tasty. You want some of that. Selvin Ahmed. Yeah. Selvin Ahmed is really the handcuff for Mostert right now. It looks like Wilson was not the man, and he's still on IR. So, Selvin Ahmed, pick him up if you get a chance. He can be a monster this week. Zach Evans for the Kyron William injury. I think he's the only one left since they traded Akers. I uh, totally agree with your Sam Howell, Kareem Hunt, obviously, and Latavius Murray will get more carries for the Harris injury from Damian Harris. And I don't like the Bills either, but, you know, I mean, if you're desperate, he's definitely one to pick up. Um, someone just asked us, uh, uh, ASDAFG Hop, <laughs> what's up, guys? What do you think of the Kamara and Tank Dell for Evans and Brian Robinson? Um. Uh, which Evans? It's not the one I just mentioned, right? Not Zach Evans, right? <laughs> no, it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be Mike Evans. Yeah, I would hope it's Mike Evans because Zach yeah. Evans is the one that's playing this week. I just mentioned him. No, no one's got no one's got Zach Evans. <laughs> no, I wouldn't trade Mike Evans and Brian Robinson for Kamara and Tank Dell. I don't think. Um, I, I think that I like Brian Robinson a lot and with uh, Washington and Kamara's. Yeah, he's gonna get a lot of little receptions, and he's been 
and, and that's just been his thing right now. But Carr's got to throw it down the field, and something's wrong with the Saints. I just don't know. They're terrible in the red zone. Tank Dell is kind of injured right now, too. Just he's a little he's bit crushed right now, yeah, yeah. But it, it depends what kind of league you're in, though, too. Is it a PPR league or is it a dynasty league? That's the thing, too. Dynasty league, I'm definitely keeping Tank Dell and Camaro for the dynasty league. Uh, but right now, if you're looking to win the next couple of weeks, I you definitely like the Mike Evans, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson's been a stud this year so far at running back. He's probably in fantasy points, he's probably got to be the top 10 fantasy back right now, uh, with the touch, amount of touchdowns he scored. So I, I definitely like that side of it. Is I have to agree with you on that. But for dynasty league wise, though, uh, I would definitely still lean toward Kamara and Tank Dell. Cause I think Tank Dell could be a stud down. Well, road. Evans and Kamara are old, but Brian Robinson's still young, only a second year, and Tank Dell. Yeah. So it's a tough. It's tough for both. Yeah, um, that's a tough trade. Yeah. I mean, I think that's it's. A, I think it's an interesting trade. I just kind of would stick with Brian Robinson. I'll tell you this: Evans is really the only guy doing anything for Tampa. So if this is just a one-year deal. I, um, Evans and Robinson, and um, I, I want that side of it. So I'm not sure which side you're trading, um, but I, I think I like the Evans and Robinson a little bit more, just because I can't trust Tank Dell completely yet. I can trust Mike Evans. All right, good question. Um, it, it also depends who you have on your roster currently right now, too. If is the person deep at running back and receiver? Or where they're deep at, too, who else they have. So that, that's right. another thing I would look at, too. Because if you're already deep at receiver, then I would definitely go for a Camara. But if you if you need a receiver, Evans is more can be more valuable, though, too. So it all depends on that as well. Oh, for sure. But thanks for the question. And just like we mentioned, there's some good receivers out there on waivers. And, uh, you know, you grab one of those running backs that might be needed, like Craig Reynolds, um, Kareem Hunt. You got a streamer this week. So you know, try to focus on that first before the trade. Uh, thanks for the question, man. Um, and it's a PPR redraft league. So he clarified that. Um, nine stars training up for week seven, running back AJ Dillon for the Packers against a weaker Denver defense. Now I know I'm really hoping Jones comes back. You know, I think that Jones can just eat this defense up alive, but I think AJ Dillon's still going to get a lot of carries because Jones still will be a little bit, you know, tender. So, I like him. Jordan Love for the same reasons against Denver's defense. And uh, he better actually not look terrible the first half like he has in these last few games. Jesus. Um, oh, my God. Zach, get me started. <laughs> running back Zach Evans versus Pittsburgh's bad D is a start for sure. Um, so that's the big streamer that I like. You know, Zach Evans. What about Ronnie Rivers, though? Ronnie Rivers was the backup there, too, before. But he's a little, he got a little banged up this past he, week. He's too, doubtful, Ronnie- I think. He's listed okay. as doubtful, and that's why I didn't mention Ronnie Rivers. But I, I think it's going to be Zach Evans. Oh, that could change. Um, I'll pull it up while I'm going over to the rest of this stuff. I think uh, – actually, let's do it right now. Yeah, Ronnie Rivers still a big D by his name, so there you go. D for D nasty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have – I only have a few. Derek Carr might actually move the ball against Jacksonville's pass defense. They give up a lot of passing yards. Aiden O'Connell might be a good streamer against the Bears defense this week, so he's trending, trending up to. Wondell Robinson versus Washington's D. You know, Washington won that game, but they gave up over 400 yards to Atlanta. It's like, why? Just yeah, Atlanta, just can, give up a lot of yards. Atlanta just can put it, punch it in the red zone, and it's just – Atlanta should have won that game. Uh, wide receiver Amari Cooper 
versus the Colts could have a huge game. I don't think he's a starter for everybody, and I just think this week he would be, even if it's P.J. Walker. But I think there's a chance Deshaun can come back too. So keep your eye on that. That's my non-stars training update. What are yours? Yeah, I do like yours. I, I, I agree with you on the Packers. I like love. I like Aaron Jones. I think he is back after the bye. I think that was enough time now. He was pretty close before. I think they just held him out to get him more healthy. Uh, 49ers, I think, are going to feast uh, on the Vikings. Uh, I definitely like Ayuk if he's not being started already. And then possibly Jawan Jennings, too, against the Vikings. The Vikings D has not looked good at all this year. Uh, I think Seahawks. I think Jackson New Jungle Smith finally breaks out against the Cardinals. Poor defense. Uh, I like that matchup. Uh, Atlanta's actually been looking pretty good. Uh, Drake London's coming around. Kyle Pitts is coming along. I kind of like them as, as non trenders staying up. The mm-hmm. Buccaneers have a decent defense still, but uh, those guys have been trending up the last couple weeks even, though. So I kind of like them. Even though they're going against a decent defense, I still like the Falcons, uh, the, re- the receivers and tight end for them, uh, trending up as well. Uh, Giants, like you said, the Washington D's just gets shredded. They, 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 a lot of their games are higher scoring for the commanders. So I'm actually going to say I'm going to like DeWald Robinson, and I like actually Daniel Jones. I hate to say it, but I think Daniel Jones can bounce back this week and have a good game. So uh, the, the commanders don't have very good secondary, so I, I do like that matchup. The Bills, I think Latavius Murray actually can get some carries this week against the Patriots and can actually look pretty good. I like Gabe Davis, too, against – Patriots. Patriots have just looked awful this whole year, so uh, I don't feel sorry for Belichick at all, though, still, but uh, definitely another some more players trending up. I do like Aiden O'Connell, like that pick if he does start. Brian Hoyer might start, though, too, because he, he was the backup this week, which I, I didn't get because Aiden O'Connell started the week before when Garoppolo was hurt, but then they had Brian Hoyer as the backup this weekend and O'Connell as the emergency backup, so yeah, I was thrown on that too. Yeah, I, I still threw A. O'Connell because I thought he did okay when he played the Chargers. So he was solid, actually. So that's why I don't get that. And plus, I'd want to develop my younger guy, anyways. But uh, so keep an eye on that. But I definitely like whoever's starting. I think Hoyer could still put up some good numbers too, as well. So whoever's starting against the Bears, uh, I do like that matchup as well. All right, for sure. Why don't you get in a bus? All right bust this week trevor lawrence i hate to say it but I, the saints d is a pretty still pretty good defense uh and lawrence is banged up too as well so i'm downgrading him a little bit this week against that tough d uh another one i'm downgrading is going to be the vikings kirk cousins i do not like him with jefferson out and playing in the san francisco team that just lost coming off a loss they are going to be uh ready to go and it's monday night game 49ers are going to crush the vikings so uh any vikings I would not be starting this week. Cousins, especially. Uh, Madison hasn't looked really good all year, so I'm definitely downgrading him if he wasn't even a starter for you. So definitely downgrading them. Uh, another one I don't like really like, the Rams, actually. They're running back. I don't I, With Kyron Williams possibly being out, I don't like the backups for them. The run game is going to struggle. Uh, Stafford could struggle, too, maybe, because they're ke- teeing off on him. Uh, Steelers do have a good team. They like to rush the passer, so that, that could be trouble there when they have no running backs. Uh, and they have a good, playing against a good, some good pass rushers and TJ Watt uh, and, the, and the rest of their linebackers. So not a good matchup as well. Patriots, Mac Jones is just awful and dreadful. He's not probably a starter for you at all, but uh, I'm downgrading him and the receivers, though, for and even maybe Ramad Stevenson, too. Uh, against that tough Bills D, even though they lost a couple key starters, they're still playing well, and the Patriots are not playing well. So uh, definitely downgrading them. And uh, I was going to say to the, the Ravens, actually, Lamar Jackson, the Detroit is for real. Five and one, one of the best teams in the league, and their defense is legit. So well, I'm going to downgrade 
the running backs for the Ravens, if they're even borderline starters, and Lamar Jackson, I'm going to be this guy I'm trending down this week. Totally, man. I, I'm worried for the for the Ravens this week. You know, they're big favorites here by three. I I disagree with that too. But let's. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of the same ones as you. I wrote down Mac Jones. I wrote down Ramondre Stevenson. I wrote down Trevor Lawrence as all bust. I'm, I'm going to write down Jonathan Taylor because I don't think he's a starter yet because he just came back. No, he's not. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Yeah, and the Browns D has been looking legit too. They actually. For the 49ers who put up 40 plus on the Cowboys, they held them to 19 yards or 19 points. So, uh, Cleveland Browns D might be for real, actually. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Kirk Cousins, I agree with that. You know, versus the Niners D, I don't like really too many. I wrote it was Alexander Madison. I don't think he's going to move the ball much either. I, I'd hate to start him against a pissed off Niners team from last week. Exactly. Uh, Gus Edwards, I wrote down. Same reasons versus Detroit Steve and Raheem Mostert. I hate to say it, and I know he's the only guy really for the uh, for the Miami right now. And I, I, I did mention the guy you got to pick up off waivers, obviously, in Selvin Ahmed. But, man, I, Raheem Mostert could just get crushed against this Eagles D, and uh, then they're stuck passing the ball the whole time. So I would I downgrade him? I'm not saying that. If you don't have a better option, did not start him because he's still a starter and still one of the top performers. But man, I'm just saying it's just a tough week playing the Eagles right now, and um, they're going to be a pissed off team after the Jets loss as well. So I'm a little concerned about oh, that. Yeah. Michael Pittman, and they, good, and they have a good D line too. So I, I definitely like that pick as well. Yeah, I said Michael Pittman versus uh, Cleveland. I think so. The him too. Well, that brings us to. Our nasty sleeper, Dave. So why don't you go first? Who do you have? All right. Well, I'm going with the, the hometown favorite, but I'm going with Jordan Love. Uh, you're going to love to have him in your lineup this week against that poor Broncos D. And I think he bounces back, and I think he has a good first half for for one of his games now and kind of breaks out this week against the Denver Broncos. Oh, I like it. I like it. I'm going to go with... Zach Evans versus Steelers. I think he's just this nasty one. I'm talking nasty, Dave. Like stuff people don't even think about, my friend. There you go. Zach Evans. You know, no one's thinking about that. Yeah. With the everyone else doubtful or out of this game, the Steelers have the 29th ranked rush defense, my friend. This one could be a sneaky one to win your league. I would definitely play him in your uh, weekly fantasy DFS as well because he's going to be cheap on the cheap getting him. I definitely like that. Yeah, I definitely like that pick. And DFF is yes. DFS is yes. One hundred percent, Dave. All right, my man. Anything we miss in fantasy? I don't think so. Everyone, good luck this week, and make sure you get those bad players out of your lineups. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this show. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at the Oddsbreakers. Enjoy the rest of your week, and go get some winners.